Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Peg City Chat with Nat. I'm your host, Natalie Bell, social dynamo and chatting queen. On this podcast, we talk about life, food, business, health, travel. We talk about it all, not only with folks here in the Peg, but influential folks across the globe. Let's get into it, shall we? I get a lot of emails. I get a lot of different press releases and things that are shared with me that other people would love me me to share with my audience and following. And sometimes there's something that is shared with me that really sticks out. And this press release I received talks about how there is now more funding for Black-led, Black-focused, nonprofit organizations. And, hmm, There's an initiative right now that is offering some grants that are ranging from $10,000 to $60,000 for capacity building projects. And Tropicana is one of four SBCCI, and that is Supporting Black Canadian Communities Initiative programs, and they have awarded to date 191 organizations for a total of $13 million dollars plus in grants. And so today I am ecstatic and so excited to speak with Karen Salto, head of the SBCCI Tropicana Community Services, who will speak to us all about the the success of the program to date and the benefits to the community, its recipients. And of course, we have some timelines here. So we need to chat about how important it is to take advantage of this program. So everyone say hello to Karen. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you, Natalie? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So excited to be here. Thank you that I get this opportunity to share SBCCI as well as Tropicana with everyone. Yes. And so let's let's dive right in because I've only recently heard of SBCCI. And so can you kind of paint a picture for us of what that program is all about, the goals, and how much it's grown over the years? Absolutely. So SBCCI stands for Supporting Black Canadian Communities Initiative. And it was founded on November 23rd, 2020, um, through the Minister of Families, Children, and Social Development. And this is an opportunity for us to give Black communities, grassroots communities, the opportunity to get funding so that they can build their capacity. We know that there's lots of organizations that are just starting out and they need a little bit of help to build their capacity. So this particular program gives them the opportunity, focused on the Black community, stays in the Black community, that we are able to give them the funding that they may need to build their capacity. The initiative began with $3 million towards projects that led to improve your workplace. And it continues with a $200 million fund invested in capacity building projects for Black-led nonprofit organizations through the support and inclusion of this funding. I hear these numbers and I'm like, that that's a lot. <laughs> but is it really at the end mm-hmm. of the day? Is it is it enough impact? Because when I think of over $13 million to 191, soon to be 199 organizations, that's huge. Do you have some perhaps real life examples or one or two that you could share that have received these grants and it's and it's made a real difference in our community? Yes, we have lots of stories. Um, and to answer your question previously, no, it's not enough money, mm-hmm. right? We It's the start, yeah. right? And that's what we look at. And that's what we tell all the grassroots communities that are applying. We are not going to be able to give you the monies 
all the monies that you need to build your capacity. But this is the starting point. And this is where we, we come in as one of the intermediaries. And let me explain that there are four intermediaries that's in these, the areas of providing the, the, the funding. We have an um, organization called Africa Center, um, and they are in Edmonton, Black Business Initiative, and they're located in Nova Scotia. We have Blue Transet, Transet, and they are located in Quebec. And then Tropicana Community Services, and we're located in Ontario. So the four intermediaries, we have worked collaboratively. And I must say, we have, we have been the anchor of this particular SBCCI initiative. We started at the very beginning with three of us, and then Africa Center came on a year later. We, we are working to ensure that the funds that we provide to the individuals go back to the community to build their capacity. One of the important things and one of the things people always ask us is what's next, right? How can we develop the funds? And we are working towards that as intermediaries or national funders, as we are calling ourselves, we are looking at ways that we can make this permanent. And how do we make this permanent? We have to be lobbying. We have to be going to the government to say, hey, this is the start. You've done a fantastic job. However, we still need more funds. And we and this these are some of the funds that you've given us and look what we have done. If we continue getting these funds, this is what we can do. Being able to be those those intermediaries, you are across the country. Absolutely. That plays a We're big now- role too. Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you uh, from someone in the middle of the country in Manitoba, a lot of times, you know, I, I speak to different organizations. They're like, yeah, everything happens in Ontario. Everything happens in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So to hear right. Quebec, Nova Scotia, Ontario, Edmonton, this is fabulous. The, our last call for proposal, we approved someone in Nunavut. So wow. we are excited about that, right? Yeah. And we have, we have, members everywhere. And we want to be able to reach as many people as we can. And having an opportunity to be on a show like yours, you're going to be our mouthpiece, our eyes, our ears to get it out there. Because we think we're doing a good job. But are we really getting the information out there? Because I am sure there's lots of people who can use this money who have not heard about SBCCI. So programs like this, we're really, really excited that we were able to collaborate with you to get the the news out there. Yes, I'm more than happy to be that mouthpiece. (laughs) Anyone who knows me knows I'm happy to be that mouthpiece (laughs) to support local. I love to support our community. So just speaking about, you know, the fact that obviously not enough money, We, we need to keep bringing on some money. We need to keep being able to, to spread the news Any kind of initiative like this has some challenges and hurdles. What are some other ones that perhaps you faced and what are the methods you're using to to tackle them? Yes. So some of the, definitely the funding, funding or the lack thereof of funding. We have more individuals who apply um, than we're able to give them funds. So that's always the big issue. And we always have individuals who would like more than what we can give. So our our, our funding is 45000 to $60,000, depending on your project. Now, for some people, you know, 45000 may seem like a lot, or for others, it may not seem like a lot. Um, and there are parameters around this call for proposal um, in which um, individuals cannot use some of the funds. So being able to understand what the fund is used for, how they use it, and how they can build upon what we're giving them. So we are not um, an organization that will be able to give them all the monies they need to solve all their problems. But what we are doing is helping them through whether it be capacity building, through their governance, through their human resources, to help build 
their internal capacity. And as you build your internal capacity, then you're able to help the community. And that's what the funding is all about. We're not about funding programs. We're about funding the capacity of the organization. Because you can always fund the programs once you have the capacity internally. Exactly. And let's face it, there's a lot of, lot of information out there that the Black community is not able to handle their money, right? So this, is, this I can tell you, is, is the true test with, a, with our 101 organizations that are doing a fantastic job, right, with their reporting, um, doing what they need to do to, to spend the monies that they need to spend within the parameters of what we have approved them. So I know from a Tropicana perspective, and as well as the intermediaries, we are proud to say the individuals that we have given the monies to are using it exactly as designed. As intended. And are people allowed to apply multiple years, like year after year? Yes. So we have had individuals that have applied. So this is our third call for proposal right. and individuals have applied. And again, building capacity doesn't start and end when the funding starts and end. You're always building your capacity. Right. So you're starting, you know, from that grassroots. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on, especially at Tropicana, is as we train you, we're encouraging you to, to, to get the knowledge so you can apply for funding elsewhere. Mm. And we're giving you the ability to learn and understand and the knowledge and the network to say, okay, this is the funding that Tropicana has given me. How can I use that and leverage it so I can apply for bigger dollars elsewhere? And so if I applied a year mm -hmm. ago or two years ago, and now mm -hmm. this is the third round, is there anything new that, you know, if I'm an organization who's previously applied that I need to know and keep in mind before I apply again this year? Yeah, so there are two funding amounts where we call it the cap, the capacity building grant, which is up to $45,000, and the capital assistance grant, which is up to $60,000. Um, and they cover different areas. And I wouldn't want to get into all of it right now, but I can. we can definitely give the link where you can come to Tropicana um, to get the information or the SBCCI platform. And we will share that um, where you would be able to get all the information and it's all there. Our application opened November the 20th, and it's closing December the 15th. So we encourage individuals definitely to go on the website. The guide is there. It walks you right through. It's simple, but understanding what it is that you want to do. What is your project going to look like? Because again, whether you're with Tropicana or you're with another organization or you're, you're applying to the government, you have to be clear as to what you want to achieve. And that's part of one of the areas that we find as well. It's the hurdles to get over. Individuals have so many things that they want, to, they want to achieve, and they put all of that in the application. And when the grant review committee individuals are reading it, we're trying to figure out what is it you really want to do. There's a timeline. It's 12 months. Let's be realistic about what you can do in that 12 months. Yes. And I, I belong to several different nonprofit organizations, one in particular, the Congress of Black Women of Manitoba. And, you know, we have a wonderful board and group of directors who we, we see a vision for the future and you want to do this and you want to do this and you want to do this. So I totally understand what you're saying because you really have to dial it down and be clear in what you Absolutely. need for this time, because guess what? You're going to need something again in the future to keep, like, as you said, building your capacity. So as a new applicant, are there any kind of, nah, I don't want to say insider tips, but yeah, I'll say it, insider tips. <laughs> How do you make an application stand out? Because there's going to be people listening who are like, okay, yeah, let's just do it. This must be easy. And of course, there will be links and information shared after, but are there any really 
you know, maybe top three tips or something that you can mm-hmm. can share to ensure that people really understand how important it is for that application to stand out because yeah. there's going to be a lot. Yes, we will definitely be getting a lot. And I would just like to share that there are three eligibility criteria, and I just want to bring it up front. Perfect. So we call um, there are three three areas in order for you to become eligible. So you need to be a legal entity in Canada. You need to be registered as a nonprofit or a charitable organization. And you have to be a Black-led organization. And your mandate is to serve Black Canadian communities. I, I need to clarify that because you can serve lots of people. We're not saying you cannot. But your mandate, your core values, what you what you post is that your mandate is to serve Black Canadian communities in whatever capacity that may mean. Right. So when I when I speak about what or when you speak about what they need to to know is the important thing is know your mission and get that mission on the paper. Right. So people can understand what it is that we are doing. What is my project? The difference is it's not the program. You have to be clear that it is a project. And the difference is project. You're looking at what's going to help the organization internally. Programs are external. This is how you help the community. But project, how? what do you do internally so that you can extend to help those programs externally? And I think that's where especially new applicants have a little bit of a, a challenge understanding the difference. So what are you going to do to build your capacity and how do you build that capacity? Is it with your governance? Is it with your leadership team, your human resources? Is it with your processes? Is it equipments and tools that you need to help that program? So if you need a refrigerator, that might be something, right? But so your capacity internally is to get that refrigerator. Um, so then you can build it with products to help your, you know, your program. Right. Yes. How about technology tools? Things like that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Technology tools is a big one. And be clear about what you want, because again, there's so many things as it relates to technology. But what do you need internally as an organization to help propel you? Because and, and a good example of um, how the program has changed is prior to COVID, we, we opened up right around COVID, right? Yeah. We never we didn't really have a focus on technology. But when everything closed down and a place like Tropicana, we went virtual and we did it overnight. And we realized how much we relied on technology. So the government, to their credit, has has wrapped in to say, okay, let's not go to the brick and mortar, right? Let's still build the capacity on um, virtually or online. And what does that look like for your nonprofit organization? Right. Now, I just want to go back to the beginning because SBCCI is the is the grant program. Mm-hmm. Tropicana helps to deliver those funds? Yes. So how it works is I mentioned about the three intermediaries, right. Africa Center, Black Business Initiative, Group Transit, and Tropicana. So we are four intermediaries or national funders. Um, the Government of Canada, Employment Service Development Canada, gives us the funds. Got it. And then we, in turn, the four organizations, disperse the funds to these grassroots organization. And I, we have, I have to tell you, we go through a rigorous process. So there is an application process. And then we, the intermediaries, the four organizations, we are not the ones that make the decision. We have volunteers and they are what we call our grant review committee members. And they they go through the process. We need to make sure that we are arm's length because we are, div- we're, we are the ones giving the funds. So we don't want it to appear as though there's any conflict. Absolutely. Right. So then these individuals, um, grant review members, fantastic individuals, they're volunteers. They come in and they put in the hours. 
And then once they give us their list, those are the individuals that are successful. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that because I was getting a little mixed up there. (laughs) And I want to make sure everybody is aware. So when you think about where SBCCI is headed in the future, Mm -hmm. are there any exciting plans or anything expanding on the horizon for SBCCI now that it's in the third year? Yes, we we're hoping we're actually in the process right now of doing a national, what we call a national impact tour. Hmm. And what that national impact tour means, we're going across Canada, you know, in uh, informing people about what SBCCI is. And every time we go, we realize people don't, don't know. They haven't heard about SBCCI. So we're trying to get the word out there and we're looking for collaborators or partners who will with us get the word out there. And once we get the word out there, then one of the things, like me, thank you. I know you will be able to, and you are doing a great job with that. And one of the other things that we're going to also do is we are then going to be going to the government, right? We're going to, we have some meetings with, with the government bodies and we are going to be informing them and making a case as to why we think that this needs to be a, a permanent fixture. SBCCI funding model impact study, we've completed that and it is available and we've also been a part of the Employment Equity Act mm. that we have created. And we are, again, very, very proud of that. So from the time that we started in 2020 to now, those are two major commitments that we have put together and was a part of. And we're also looking at creating an ecosystem, right, as partnerships. So what does that look like? How can we build it and move it forward? And if we can get to eventually Justin Trudeau, so we would be able to say, this is why you need to do, you need to do the right thing and and providing this particular funding as permanency. So those are some of the things that we are looking at doing as we move forward. And hopefully they will also expand, you know, and and this this program should be finishing in March, 2025. And we are hoping that as we go through with the impact tour and provide the data and the documentation that we have, they will see the need to keep this. Oh, well, I know I see it. I've been seeing it and it's just such a welcome addition, uh, community organizations, resources that Absolutely. many of them probably aren't aware of. So you said ending in March, 2025. So how does that work from that uh, perspective from like a calendar perspective? Mm-hmm. As you say, it's 12 months. So how, right. how does that all work? Yes. Yeah, so for this last call for proposal, it we are hoping to start dispersing funds um, to individuals in April 2024. Okay. And if I do April 2024, um, then we would give them until, you know, April of 2025. Now we say that the funds finish in March 2025, so there's no extension. Um, but because it's a 12 month project, and we are we we won't be able to disperse funds before. April 1st, um, it might be the last week of March, but let's be realistic, you know, April 1st for individuals. Mm-hmm. And the other thing for you know, your listeners to understand is once you become eligible, we sit down with you and we go through your project and we walk you through, okay, this is what we are expecting. Let's have a conversation. And then you sign that agreement and that's what we hold you to. Right. Those agreements. And that's great right? to hear because you hear a lot about grants and funding and how difficult it can be to go through that process. Right. So to know that there are people who will be there to assist you, to guide Absolutely. you through that is, mm-hmm. it's really important. And we support, and one of the, I think what makes us very unique as a funder is that on a bi- bi-monthly basis or every month, depending on the organization, 
we actually call touch base and we visit, mm. right? So there are times that we will go um, and we have gone to Nova Scotia and we have, I haven't been to Nunavut yet, <laughs> but we have <laughs> gone to different locations to see what our, where our money is and to connect with the grassroots organization. And sometimes just to give them some encouragement because let's face it, it's tough work, right? Mm -hmm. It's draining work. And, for, and we also recognize some of these individuals, it's not their full-time work, it's their part-time work as they try to get their nonprofit organization off the ground. So yes. we provide support. We provide a network um, for them to call in and work with different or their co-workers, really, the non other nonprofit organizations that will be able to help them alleviate some of those burdens, if you will, and, and gives them some ideas to help them grow. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to note as well that it's not just a, hey, I just threw in this application. They're going to throw me some money and I'm going to go maybe do yes. some of these things like that. It is intensive. And I guess my question now would be, how do you measure a win for SBCCI? Yeah. Like what, what is that indicator that you will look up, yeah. look at to say that was a win? Yeah, that's a great question. We often get that. So when we sit down with our, we call them sub-agreement holders, when you become active, you become a sub-agreement holders. We go through what what was it that you you intended to achieve. So you walk you we walk through what are your goals, and then did you achieve those goals? Right. So it's it's not our success; it's their success. Right. So for sure, the big thing is if we give you the money, we want you to be able to use that money. Right. We don't want the money back because if we get the money back, we've got to send it back to the government. Right. So we want to make sure that you're using those funds. And that's why we also do the check ins to make sure if you get the 60,000 that you're not waiting until the very end to try to use it all. But we're creating a discipline to build that capacity on a monthly basis. So if an, if an individual has used their money and they can say, OK, I started out not having a governance committee, not having my policies, and that was part of their project. And now they have these policies. That for us is a win. Right. And then they we take it from Tropicana, who's supporting them. Who else are you going to look to support you? So we also are always speaking to them about what's your next step. Right. When you do this, think about your next step, because a lot of times we're so busy in the weeds that we're not looking at strategizing. What should we be doing three, five, ten years down the line? Really having a structure and a framework for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, yeah, that money goes back to the government. They're not going to want yes. to give us any more. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's remember that, folks. <laughs> right. And how, how can our listeners, how can my listeners here, how can they get involved? How can they support the incredible work that you're doing mm -hmm. and, and what your partners are doing? What are, what are some ways folks can get involved? Perhaps they aren't part of a nonprofit organization, but they know mm -hmm. of one. Other, other than word of mouth and being mouthpieces all across the country, how can folks right. get involved and support you too? Right. So for individuals who would like to become a part of Tropicana, I mean, we, we always have lots of volunteer opportunities there or look in, you know, in your local area. And I think when individuals want to get involved in nonprofit, the thing I always say is what speaks to you? What is it that makes you smile at night? Right. What is it that makes you feel like, you know what, I am making a difference. And when you know what that is, then you start looking for organization that has the same vision and mission as you. Because it's very difficult to say you should do X, Y, and Z, but it's got to be what speaks to you. And when you start doing something that speaks to you, the passion is there. And then it doesn't feel like work anymore. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I can even tell just by speaking with you how you, your face and your glow, you're just smiling as you talk about this. And that says a lot too. So thank you. Now, before, before we wrap up here, um, 
what are some of those golden nuggets? I like to call it mm-hmm. the golden nuggets of wisdom that you want to share with the audience about the power and importance of initiatives like SBCCI. Yeah. Thank you for that question. The most important thing I think for us is um, this initiative keeps you in the game, right? And that's important. You got to be in the game. If you say that you want to be a nonprofit organization, you're grassroots and you want to grow, you have to be in the game with with initiatives like this, because this is the only way you're going to grow. And as you start learning, you're going to start growing. And as you start growing, then the money is going to come. And then the impact for you is going to is going to multiply. So you have to be in the game. You have to be put yourself out there. And you have to also recognize that it's not going to be easy. And you got to put in that work. And I, I'm sure I know a lot of your listeners are probably sitting here saying, I have done all of that already <laughs> and I can't catch a break, right? So one of the things that I'm encouraging is try SBCCI. You never know. Be clear about your goals. Be clear about the mission. Be clear about the product that you are, that you are selling so that we can read that and say, we want to fund this organization. Yes. yes. Canadian, grassroots, Black-led, Black-focused. Yes. There's such an important aspect of the growth that we can possibly see here in Canada, especially Absolutely. when I think of my kids, my grandkids. I want them to be a part of, you know, future organizations where their culture is celebrated, where they can see themselves. It's just so very important. It's such such a much bigger picture than I think people think. Yeah, okay, so it's going to be some governance and policies, which is never the funnest work. I will tell you that. (laughs) Once you have it, the framework is there. And knowledge is power. And the more knowledge we have and the more knowledge that we keep within the ecosystem, right, of the Black community, then we can move forward, Mm. right? Yes. We can move forward. Ah, Karen, amazing. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of, I'm sure, what is a busy, busy day. How can folks reach you? What are the (laughs) the websites they need to be a part of? Obviously, I'll put that in the show notes as well, but tell Mm -hmm. the folks. Yes. So if you want to reach out to apply, please do. December 15th is our deadline. Um, you can reach out to sbcci at tropicanacommunity.org. And then you will be you will land on a landing page and you can apply. And remember, uh, for this initiative, you can choose any one of the four intermediaries. It's Tropicana, Africa Center, BBI, Black Business Initiative, and Group Transect Transect. The only thing was group, group 3737 or Group Transect Transect, they're located in Quebec. And they only do Quebec. The other three, you can choose whichever organization you want. And we work collaboratively together. So that's what we would encourage you to do. You've got to apply to be in the game. If the first time the answer is no, you never know. And we're always, always, always have different funding that's coming out there. And sometimes we do invite people who were not individuals who were not successful we invite them as a learning tool, as a training tool to some of our community practices that we have so that when it becomes available the next time, then they'll get some more information and they'll get some more knowledge and, and they're able to apply and potentially get the funding. Awesome. I thank you so much again, folks, SBCCI, which is Supporting Black Canadian Communities Initiative. Karen is from Tropicana Community Services, which is also a nonprofit and is a funder 
through the SBCCI programs. And it has been an absolute joy to speak with you today. Thank you so much. I need to hurry up and spread the word because December 15th is coming quick. <laughs> it is. Thank you very much, Natalie. It's been fantastic speaking with you. And I'm sure your listeners enjoy you. You're wonderful. Thank you. Aww, thank you so much. All right, folks, let's get to applying.